The Eagles are at the podium, and we've got it all for you right here, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. Coming up, we're going to have news conferences from Doug Peterson and a guy we weren't expecting to hear from after the Eagles game on Sunday afternoon, backup quarterback Josh McCown. They'll give you their thoughts on what went down in the Eagles' wildcard loss to the Seahawks. The Josh McCown news conference uh, after the game on Sunday was really something else, a very emotional uh, obviously, it meant a lot that uh, here we are, have a backup quarterback making his first ever playoff appearance at the age of 40, the oldest quarterback in NFL history to make his playoff debut uh, at the age of 40. So um, you want to stick around for the Josh McCown News Conference if you haven't heard it already because he got very emotional and said a lot of great things. It's pretty clear a lot of people want him back as maybe the team's quarterback's coach next year or, or with the team in some capacity because uh, he did a lot of things off the field to really help Carson Wentz, it sounds like, and uh, help the offense, help uh, help the team identify some players to bring into the fold as they were suffering a catastrophic cascade of injuries this season. So make sure you stick around for that and all the Doug Peterson stuff, especially the Monday news conference where he's going to have a little bit of time to uh, take a look back and... and uh, and, and give you a broader perspective on the 2019 season. So uh, my three things on the Eagles uh, playoff loss, 17 to nine loss to the Seahawks on Sunday afternoon. And the big takeaway for me after this game was you just have to feel sick for Carson Wentz. And as I sit here and I think more about this Eagles game, the more I am just crushed for, for Carson Wentz. I mean, here, here you've got a guy who was playing at an MVP level in 2017. He was the main reason the Eagles were uh, what, 11 and two at the time and on their way to uh, clinching the number one seed in the NFC. The reason the Eagles had home field advantage throughout the playoffs in 2017 was because of Carson Wentz. And then uh, very cruelly, he gets uh, hit in the knee and uh, miss, has to miss the Super Bowl run. In 2018, he's still dealing with that knee injury, starts this season late, uh, gets a, sustains a back injury at some point during the season and has to miss the last three games of the season after a, a, a tough loss, a tough overtime loss to the Cowboys late in the 2018 season. Nick Foles comes in and once again performs some voodoo magic with Doug Peterson. They go on another mini playoff run. And so then you have Carson Wentz in 2019, starts losing play left and right everybody on the offense gets injured they're five and seven there are there are people inside the locker room ripping anonymously ripping Carson Wentz and then he goes on a late season tear with a bunch of practice squad guys wins four must-win games in a row all against divisional opponents they get to the playoffs Carson Wentz in his fourth season finally gets to play in his first playoff game and he has what eight snaps eight offensive plays before Jadavian Clowney delivers a dirty hit Helmet with leading with the crown of his helmet into the back of Carson's helmet, uh, slamming his head into the ground, knocks Carson Wentz out of the game with a concussion, as you well know by now. It's a cheap shot. There's no other way to look at it. And I don't care whether or not there was a penalty called or not. There should have been a penalty called. But regardless, even if a penalty was called, probably wouldn't have resulted in the Eagles scoring. And Carson Wentz still misses the entirety of the game. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, we can we can make fun of the refs and we can scream and yell at the referees for not calling um, uh, a roughing the passer call on that. But it's just, it's not going to matter at this point. And I, I just, here's the thing with Carson Wentz. I mean, that's just it, it, to get knocked out with a cheap shot before the first quarter is over in your first playoff game, after everything he's been through, I can't imagine what's going through Carson's mind at the moment. And, and we heard from players that he went up to each and every player at their stall in the locker room 
and was encouraging them, said great season, and was apologizing, was personally apologizing for not being able to finish the game. I mean, first of all, Carson has no choice. There are independent concussion doctors on the sideline who look for signs like that. Anytime a player takes a blow to the head, they'll pull the player into the blue tent and do the concussion test. If he doesn't pass the concussion test, he goes back to the locker room. If he doesn't pass the concussion test in the locker room, he doesn't play. It has nothing to do with the player. And unfortunately, that's what happened with Carson Wentz. You can't, I mean, this was this was an unmitigated cheap shot. You just feel sick for the guy. You just absolutely feel sick for the guy. And for him to be going around apologizing to teammates, and his teammates said as much. He's like, dude, you can't control that. You can't control getting whacked on the back of the head by a, by a dirty player and a, and a, a dirty hit during the first quarter of the game, and it absolutely cost the Eagles the game. It absolutely cost the Eagles the game. The Seahawks only scored 17 points. The Eagles got in the red zone a number of times. They were driving a number of times, but it, it takes Carson Wentz's special combination of athleticism, his ability to make plays out of the pocket, and and we saw with Josh McCown, we saw that the offense wasn't you know wasn't functioning in it like a cohesive unit, and that's to be that's to be expected. Josh McCown wasn't taking reps with the first team players basically all season. So here's you, you you've got an impossible situation. It all finally culminated in the in, one injury it just became too much. The whole season everybody's getting injured. Carson Wentz is the only guy that stays healthy. So it figures that in the playoff game he's the guy that get hurt, that gets hurt and he was the guy who was holding it all together with bubblegum and duct tape. So I mean it was a frustrating season this year. Ultimately it turned out to be a fun season with the four must-win games that they won in December. It monumentally stinks that it ended on a cheap shot of Carson Wentz. And, and I know I know coming into this game that we were playing with house money, and that's essentially what it was. This team should not have been in the playoffs. Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson willed this team into the playoffs. But even though the Eagles were playing with house money, it still feel, you, we still got cheated out of this game. It, it, it definitely feels like be, you lose your franchise quarterback to a cheap shot, it feels like we were cheated out of a out of a legitimate chance to actually try and continue the craziness of this 2019 season and it it hurts to get cheated out of house money even money that's not yours you don't want to get cheated out of it and even though the eagles were playing with house money they were cheated out of it and that stinks and it was a dirty play the referees after the game were claiming that Carson Wentz wasn't giving himself up and therefore was still eligible to be to be hit. Well, even if that's true, Clowney was leading with the crown of the helmet. So that doesn't that doesn't even I mean, aside from the fact that Carson was giving himself up, that he was diving forward. And in every other instance, quarterbacks are deemed to be giving themselves up in that instance. For whatever reason, they chose not to throw the flag there, thinking that he wasn't giving himself up which is nonsense, but even even if they felt that way, it was clear Clowney led with the crown of the helmet and was targeting Carson Wentz's helmet. It's not hard. That's, Carson is almost on the ground when Jadavian Clowney is launching himself onto the quarterback. It was a cheap shot. It was a dirty play. It should have been penalized, and that's a larger problem is the NFLs have with, with the referees. The, the officiating in the league is absolutely bonkers. It takes away from the integrity of the game. And it's not just this game. It's not just that play, although this game and that play certainly were egregious. It's been going on all season long in the NFL. It's gone It's gone back for past seasons. I mean, look what happened to the Saints last offseason. I mean, they, and then they instituted a rule on pass interference that the referees just ignored this year. So some they have to do something about the state of officiating in the NFL. And I thought the non-calls on 
what should have been roughing the passers to McCown later in the game were just as infuriating, if not more so, especially in light of the fact Carson goes out with a head injury because of a late hit. You'd think the referees would be more attuned to what was going on, and they just let they just let the Seahawks smack around Josh McCown too after, with calls after the play. And then you get you get a roughing the passer call on Derek Barnett, which it, it's hard to tell whether or not he got pushed into Russell Wilson or not. It was clear that Derek Barnett was not trying to to hurt Russell Wilson, and I mean, he's trying he's trying to hold him up after he made contact so that he didn't he didn't hurt himself, and they and they throw a flag for that. It just it was uneven. It was uneven. If you wanted to flag Barnett for that play, I could understand that, but then you also have to flag the Seahawks defenders when they were knocking McCown to the ground long after the ball was out of his hands. And NBC, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth were horrendous. During the game, talking about the clowny hit, frankly, ignoring the clowny hit, and then after the game, talking to him like some kind of conquering hero, they didn't even they didn't even bring up the hit against Carson Wentz. I don't know what they were thinking in the moment there, but a total miss by NBC. One other thing about Carson Wentz before we move on, I don't want to hear any nonsense, any noise about injury-prone Carson Wentz, about how he can't finish a season, how he can't make it through a playoff game. There's no quarterback, there's no player in the NFL that absorbs that hit and stays in the game. There's none. I saw Danny Cannell, former quarterback turned radio host, was saying, not saying he's soft, talking about Carson Wentz, but some dudes aren't built for the NFL. Until Wentz actually plays a full season, it's a more than fair question. And I like that Chris Long went on Twitter and roasted Danny Cannell for that nonsense. And anybody coming across my timeline or anybody else's timeline with that Carson Wentz is soft, Carson Wentz's body can't handle the NFL, Carson Wentz is injury prone, you're getting a block, folks. It's that's it's just that simple because there's there's no one else who could have absorbed that hit and kept going. There's no one. Carson Wentz has been the victim of bad luck. Lots and lots and lots of bad luck. And if that's not obvious to you, then I can't help you and we don't really need to have a conversation about it. Uh, I will give props to Josh McCown. He was a warrior. He did all he could, but with no reps and he just doesn't have the the skills anymore to to, you know, punch the ball in the end zone. Took way too many bad sacks. There was too much miscommunication. Uh, but, you know, at 40 years old, what are you going to do? Uh, he hasn't been playing with the first team all season long. It just was an unfortunate way to end the season. Um, also, a special special shout out to Zach Ertz. Again, if anybody's criticizing this guy's toughness, forget about it. Uh, he came out after the game and, and told everybody a little bit more about what happened after the Cowboys game when he broke a rib. He actually fractured two ribs. Uh, and uh, suffered a kidney injury and was urinating blood after the game. And um, amazingly, miraculously, doctors said that his his kidney healed well enough so that he was no more likely to suffer an injury there than any other player, and he was able to get out there and at least give it a shot. He wasn't normal Zach Ertz out there. But it's clear he left it all all on the field, just like Josh McCann. The two of them were emotional after the game, crying and uh, trying to... You know, trying to console each other, but just uh, a tough way for the season to end. Uh, it was clear that the Eagles went as far as they were going to be able to go. They went as far as they could go, and it was as if they just, you know, whatever whatever in, in, invisible force uh, decides what happens in the NFL, just put up a brick wall and said, nope, that's it, guys, season's over, this ain't your year, so... Um, do want I do want to mention for the second thing, the defense played okay on Sunday. Anytime you hold Russell Wilson to 17 points, you've done your job. And it's it's weird that you know it was the same score as last time the Seahawks came in here. It was actually the exact same game script as when the Eagles beat the Cowboys at home, 17 to nine in Week 16. Exact same game script. The, the Eagles went up by the same score. 
I think they're up 17 to six. You know, Eagles made a kicked a, a field goal to make it 17-9. Had a chance to to tie with a touchdown and a two point conversion, and the Seahawks just wouldn't let him get in the end zone. So the Seahawks beat the Eagles on Sunday exactly the same way the Eagles beat the Cowboys a couple weeks before. Just weird how the game scripts kind of worked out. Uh, the defense, you know, there was too many missed tackles. They didn't get to Russell Wilson nearly enough. Uh, they weren't able to finish plays, get sacks. The secondary was exposed against good wide receivers and a good quarterback on Sunday, but they still held them to just 17 points. Fletcher Cox was a monster in the middle of the defensive line. Uh, was hoping to see a little bit more from uh, Tim Jernigan and uh, Brandon Graham, but they played okay. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins was awesome once again. He had a phenomenal last month of the season. Uh, hopefully they will bring him back next year, um, but it's, they didn't sign him to a contract extension, so I don't think that's a sure thing. I had been calling earlier in the season to, for the Eagles to at least consider moving on from Jim Schwartz as defensive coordinator and maybe find somebody else who can get a little more consistency out of this team. I, I think Schwartz should stick around. Uh, what they did at the end of the season was impressive, but they have to figure something out with the defensive players they decide to use. Deciding not to use LJ Fort this year was a criminal act of negligence football-wise. I mean, you just can't do that. You you can't not use a good football player and just give him away to the Baltimore Ravens for nothing. And the, he's so productive with the Ravens that they signed him to a contract extension. Somewhere along the line, there was a misjudge of talent or how to use the guy. And that's been that's been the case with a number of players on the defensive front. They've got to figure that out. And they've got to figure out a way to fix the secondary. They've invested a lot of draft capital in the secondary. They've invested a lot in free agency in the secondary. And it still is a problem. So they, they either are having trouble identifying the players to draft or, or bring in via free agency, or they're having trouble coaching them up and knowing how to use them. But that's a big problem for the, for the defenses. They have to get the secondary fixed this offseason. We saw against the Giants and Washington and Dallas that they could handle those guys, but when you've got a team full of good young wide receivers like the Seahawks do, they're not good enough. And that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside pick is could go down as one of the worst of all time when you look at what D.K. Metcalf did for Seattle on Sunday afternoon. The fact that they went with Ortega-Whiteside over Metcalf in the draft in the second round could end up being one of, the, one of those bungles you don't forget about for years and years and years. Terrible decision by Howie Roseman, at least after year one. Does Ortega Whiteside make the leap in year two? Maybe, but right now it's pretty clear Metcalf is a far more talented player, and the Eagles missed the boat entirely on that pick. So to finish up, thing number three, season recap, it's pretty clear that this was just going to be the end of the line for the Eagles. When you lose your franchise quarterback in the first quarter of a game against the Seahawks, a playoff game, it's it's just not going to work out for you. I mean, it, they the Eagles just kept losing pieces week after week, parts being stripped from this team. It, it reminds me of the end of Herbie the Love Bug when the car gets so beat up it eventually splits into two. It still wins the race, so it's not a, a completely <laughs> applicable uh, comparison, but that's what I kept thinking of. The Eagles, as a, as a unit, just just falling apart, just absolutely falling apart. They they couldn't keep it together. They, they kept trying to to hold things together, and eventually, at the end of the day, it just it wasn't possible anymore. I think Howie Roseman is largely responsible for what happened to this team this season. Uh, he he built a team full of older players. He kept bringing back old players from the from the past, thinking it could just plug them back in and get the same kind of performance out of them that they did two years ago, and it didn't work. 
yes, they went about getting some some good depth from 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 the practice squad, and you've got to give him a little credit for that. But for the most part, he put together a a deeply flawed roster that we thought was a lot better in the preseason than it turned out to be. And they have a lot of things to address here in the offseason. They've got to get more playmakers at wide receiver. They've got to figure out the cornerback situation. Those are the two areas of biggest need. They've got to figure out if Jason Kelsey's going to come back or, or if he's going to retire. Really hoping Kelsey comes back. Jason Peters says he wants to come back for another season. If that's the case, you would think he's going to have to be in a reserve role because Andre Dillard has to be the starting left tackle next year. You drafted him in the first round specifically for that purpose. If Jason Peters is willing to come back in a backup role, I would bring him back. Otherwise, that's Andre Dillard's job in 2020. And so there's also going to be some changes uh, around the edges as well in some other positions. But you have a decent core here with Carson Wentz, who's going to be fine. With Miles Sanders, who blossomed during the season and looked like an elite running back, catching the ball and running the ball. I think he could absolutely blow up in 2020. Uh, you've got Greg Ward, a decent slot receiver. You've got Boston Scott, who really turned into something. Uh, you've got you've got great offensive linemen, especially on the right side of the line. And Andre Dillard looks like he's going to be a good one, too. This offense has the makings of being a really good offense. If you can get a healthy Deshaun Jackson back and you can figure out what to do at the wide receiver position, you got to get rid of all the guys on this team who were who were talking out of turn to Josina Anderson who have been a an obstacle to Carson Wentz becoming a leader on this team, all those guys have to go. Anybody who's not on board with this being Carson's team has to go this offseason. I don't care what it costs you in terms of a cap hit. They got to go. So, And the coaching staff still needs changes in a few areas. Uh, they, I think Mike Groh has to go. I think why, they need a new wide receivers coach. I think both of those things should happen during the offseason of 2020. But injuries are going to be the story of the 2019 Eagles. And one of the other questions this team has to answer this offseason is why? Why does this team keep getting hurt so much? Is it have Does it have to do with the training staff? Does it have to do with the medical staff? Or is it just total bad luck? Uh, but it, this just keeps happening year after year after year. And 2019 was it just, it was unbelievable how, how injured this team was. And yet, and yet, they managed to get back to the playoffs for the third season in a row. So we begin a very exciting and, and long offseason in which there will be many changes to the roster, some changes to the coaching staff, and uh, we will continue to take you all through it week by week here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. I told them that uh, I really appreciate everybody in that room um, for how they handled this season, uh, for how they handled themselves um, you know, during this game, even – as much adversity as we faced all year uh, to put ourselves in this position, to win the NFC East, uh, to have a home playoff game, that I was really proud uh, of the effort all season, even tonight. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll move on from here. I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't say anything. No comment. I didn't really see it. I was looking to call the next play, actually. Yeah. So I didn't really, I didn't okay, see it. So what were you hearing from the team in terms of the hit? There There's nothing I can do about it. It's out of my hand. I mean, it's it's got to be called on the field. So, uh, you know, they didn't call it. So obviously they didn't, you know, they didn't think it was a. Did you have any discussions with the officials about how they were officiating the games? There were a couple penalties. That no, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm worried about coaching the team and, and trying to win the game. What changed with the offense that went to the Cowboys? Um, a little bit. We we eliminated some of the motions. We just kind of got 
back to some of the core plays, some of the things that Josh was comfortable with in the run game and the pass game. Um, and, and just, uh, you know, we did some good things. We just uh, kind of stalled out in the red zone a little bit tonight and um, had opportunities, you know. Um, but uh, just got back to some of the core stuff with Josh. What's the most remarkable thing about being able to be with us for a very good playoff team, especially the offensive personnel that you had on the field at the end of the game? To you, what's the most remarkable facet of that scenario? Just... Uh, for me, it's about just how how resilient our team is, and, and giving ourselves an opportunity like like that to be you know to be down one score uh, against a really good football team in, in a playoff game, and you know it's just um, it's remarkable for me to, to see our guys battle how the defense kept us in this football game, you know, and and um, offense you know uh, moved the ball, but just we just you know failed to, to score, but. Uh, to still be within a within a within a, a, a score of you know at least uh, a two point conversion to tie the game, just shows a lot of you know character and resiliency of this of this team. Doug, I'm sure you're disappointed for everybody in that room, but Carson, in particular, four years and the last eight plays in the postseason, I mean, that's, that's an awfully disappointing uh, blow for him. Yes. And, and how would you? Feel? I feel for him. I feel bad for him. I mean. I just I just briefly saw him in the in the dressing room after the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I'll let him I'll let him speak for it, but um, I'm disappointed, you know, for him, you know, because I wanted this for him, you know, obviously, and I think a lot of a lot of his teammates did too, and the team, the organization did. I mean, he needs he's battled through a lot, and and uh, but um, we'll learn from it. We'll move on. I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I would say I would say yes. You know, if he's healthy, you know, with the game plan that we had, I, I, I think so. Um, but you know, it's hard to speculate. What was the mechanism for getting? He, he didn't come out right away. What was the? Did you get a call from upstairs? No, I just had uh, Joe Pella, one of my trainers, came up and said they were just going to evaluate Carson and. Uh, you know, defense was on the field, and that was that was it. And then, you know, they came to me later on and said that they were going to, you know, uh, take him in the locker room and evaluate him further. So was the spotter, the independent NFL spotter, that told you? I, I don't know all of that. I mean, it was just I just know because I'm in the game. I'm coaching the yeah, football yeah. game, so you know, uh, I just have the trainers are communicating with me, and they just said they're just they're just evaluating Carson at the time. On the uh, fourth, the second to last fourth down. I was, but I was. I was also maintaining, trying to maintain the aggressiveness there, trying to get the first down and stay on the field and score. The third down defense. Issue. Yeah, just um, you know, I, you know, obviously Russell had, had breaking, you know, broken some some runs there too, and you know, so we're trying to keep him in the pocket. At the same time, you know, when he's when he's holding on to the ball, it's kind of hard to, you know, hang on to the coverage a little bit. But uh, just. Guys got some separation and, and they made some plays and and you know credit them. They I think they had a really good percentage on third down. I think eight to fifteen something like that on third down and um, probably the story of the game really. Played, Miles Sanders played. Brandon Graham came back. You had the same thing happen I think a couple of weeks ago where guys might have stayed out and came back. What did that say about the uh, the level of commitment you know from some of your marquee players and how does that affect the rest of the room? Yeah, I mean these guys. Uh, 
they're tough guys. They do everything they can to get themselves back on the football field, and and, and they want to play and they want to help uh, you know help help their teammates win. And it just shows, I think, the character of each each individual, the type of people and the type of men that we have in that locker room and on this team. And um, it's a credit to them to to do everything they can during the week to you know prepare themselves more mentally than physically, obviously, and then and then put themselves in a position to uh, to play in this game. So it's a uh, hats off to those guys that. Uh, you know, battled through some injury this week and got themselves ready to play. Coach, take us through the final play, Josh McCown, sack. What was the play call there? And from your vantage point, why did you have to get there? We had two plays um, called, and uh, we alerted. You know, we got to the second play, actually. He alerted to the second play and, and at the line. And, and um, you know, I, I, I guess not everybody got the alert. So we had a couple of... Uh, busted assignments on the play, and, and it's just unfortunate, um, you know, especially on a fourth down call uh, to uh, to try to take advantage of and get the first down. So something we'll learn from and, you know, get better. Two more, there was an alert earlier in the game that uh, like Carson when he pitched back to Miles and it went by him. Was that, was that another one that wasn't that was um, picked up? Yeah, that was, again, a miscommunication. Miles uh, either didn't hear or see the – the signal for the check and uh, just missed it. Just made a, made a mistake. As you're on the sideline and you find out Carson's not coming back, what's going through your mind? What's your message to Josh? My message to Josh is, um, you know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna still maintain our aggressiveness, you know, best we can. And, and uh, I just told him, I says, well, as we look at the call sheet, I'm gonna eliminate some of the motions and shifts and just try to line up and let him see the defense. Felt like we had to utilize the run game a little bit, you know, for him and, and help him out and then get to some of the play action stuff, which we did, and it was successful. And and really trying to get him into a flow, get him into the rhythm. It's been a while since he's been out there. And, um, you know, just try to get him into that rhythm with, with Kelsey, obviously, um, and, then, and then the flow of the game for himself. And just uh, trying to get back to some of the core stuff that we, that we uh, you know, that he was comfortable with. Excuse me. In your first thoughts when you heard that Carson was not coming back in the game, uh, you know, I was listen. You know, I was into the game. I was getting Josh ready to go, and and uh, you know, I felt for Carson, but at the same time, we still had plenty of football left. Three and a half quarters. Okay. Thank you. Just um, you know, the finality of of you know uh, playoff football and just you know being done and and uh, and you know not not getting it done and you know just. Those things hurt, and you know a lot of people put a lot of time, energy into this game, and uh, and uh, it just hurts when you don't get it done. And we want to be there and and, and uh, help, you know, rally the team and get going, and, and we just didn't get that done. So it's just you know, just hurt, hurt for that. I know you guys do well hard for Oh, that's just me. I just got to make a better throw. You know, uh, Miles is a heck of a player. He's gonna be. He's gonna be a special player in this league. I love that kid. And uh, just, uh, just got to give him a better ball. You know, and, and give him a chance to run. And uh, I didn't do that. We, we nailed. We nailed the protection call and everything about it. And just, uh, just didn't get the ball on him. You know, and uh, that's, uh, that's on me. Josh, it's been quite some time since you were out there. I mean, how did you feel? Uh, when you, you know, you finally took the field. I mean, I felt good, you know, uh, I felt good. I think, you know, 
procedurally some of the things, you know, um, in a in you know a little bit more of a uh, of an advanced uh, game week, you know, different than the preseason. I think some of those things, um, you know, was trying to get up to speed and 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 handle a little bit better. Uh, but uh, but you know, I felt good. Um, you know, Doug's always you know excellent on in the headset with with just helping with different things. So. Um, so I, I felt good. It was just, uh, just you know, you just, when that, when those things happen, you're you're kind of flooded with a lot of different emotions. You know, obviously you don't want to be on the field under those circumstances, and um, and uh, but then it's like, okay, here we go. We got to go and, and got to get going. And so, um, you know, kind of started a little slow. We should have got you know going a little bit faster. But uh, but you know, the guys around me and Doug and, and the coaches, you know, helped me settle in. Right. Well, we talked on the bench, and uh, you know, and, and obviously he, he expressed concern and, and told me to stay ready. And then, um, and then, uh, you know, you when, when you're dealing with these things as a player, uh, you know, it's it's tough, and it's tough. You know, Carson Wentz has put a ton into this season. And to get to this moment, and uh, especially you know the things that he's gone through, uh, and it's a tough call. And he's you know but he's sitting there you know not feeling right, and, and obviously uh, you know knew he needed to get checked. And uh, and so uh, I think for the state of our game, and 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 the questions that that come around those type of injuries, I think it's 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 a step forward in progress because it's the right thing. And um, and. Uh, and you know he was he was smart by getting checked and, and and doing those things and making sure he was all right and uh, so you go through that and then you just you know you you, you, you turn the page and and you know as bummed as I am for him then you got to go do do your job and and go try to you know move the team. What perspective did you have on Clowney's game on Carson? Yeah, I mean you know it's a it's a it's a fast game. Guys are playing hard. Um, you know. Uh, Always, you, you hate to see guys when, when a guy's going down to, to add on and finish on on top. But but those guys are playing hard, and uh, and you know without seeing it on on uh, on video yet, you know it's hard to it's hard to make a full comment about it. But um, but you always hope there's there's no you know ill intent on those stuff, and 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 I don't you know I don't believe that to be the case. Uh, but it's just it's just unfortunate. Yeah, I, I just I, I'll take that one on on me again, and just um, getting getting in and out of the huddle better, and that's what I mean. Some of the some of the stuff you know in a, in a in an again at advanced game plan, you know, in this type type of week, you know, the the management of the huddle and getting in and out a little faster, you know, we could have done a better job of, and and uh, so I'll put that on me. Josh, uh, on the last fourth down play, Doug had mentioned you had a couple options. Uh, check to one. Maybe there was some busted assignments. What did it look like from your Yeah, well, he's exactly right. We had an alert on the play, and and we alerted it. And uh, and uh, again, if it didn't get communicated uh, clear enough, then that's on me, you know. And we didn't get that done, but they did a good job of covering uh, the the part that we wanted to get alerted, and, and the guys that that we were the intention of the play. They did a good job of covering those guys, you know, and so try to step up and buy a little time and hopefully get some, you know, something open. And uh, and we just didn't didn't get that done. Josh, I saw you after the game. Can you explain your emotions after you come off the field in a situation that's obviously just incredible for you? Yeah, like I said earlier, I mean, you just there's there's a lot that goes into this, and uh, and you know everybody that that sets foot in that that building over there, Novacare. Um, 
puts a lot into getting this getting this thing done. And uh, and when you come into that game and and put everything you can into trying to you know win the game and it doesn't doesn't get done, you just that that's it's just painful. It just hurts, you know. It just sucks. And and uh, and you you know from my standpoint, it just it, it feels like as a quarterback, you want to do more and you feel like you can do more and you start replaying these, these plays in your mind of where maybe you could have been better. And, and, um, and so I just, I always had that perspective of, of, of I could have been better. And, and you, you feel like you let a group down, you let those people down that come to that building. And, uh, and that's a sick feeling. It's a hurt, hurt feeling. And, um, and you don't want to have that. And so it's just a reflection of that. Josh, what's this year been like for you kind of coming out of retirement? Do you want to keep playing after this year? Uh, man, I've had a time of my life. Uh, I, I told told those guys in there. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that they, they that they called me, and uh, and and Alshon and and the guys that hit me up and and you know coaxed me uh, to come out. You know, just uh, you know, I've chased this my whole career, um, and have have been in moments where. You know, we were five weeks ago where you're coming home on a plane ride from Miami and you feel like all is lost and, man, this thing's going to be a dark place. And and then you're talking and you're going, can we can we win all these games and get in, you know? And I've been in those moments a few times in my career and we don't get it done, you know, and it goes the other way. And, uh, man, what, what an honor it was to be in that group and watch Doug lead this team, watch the veterans in this locker room lead this team, watch Carson play way to play the way he did down the stretch. Um, that's special. And, and more than anything, solidifies what I've thought in all those moments of just if, if the collective, if the if the belief of the group can can rise to a certain level, we can we can run the table. And uh, and we did that and we got in, you know, and unfortunately at the end of the day, but um but this year's been nothing short of special for me. I've really enjoyed it. I've learned so much from so many people and um and just thankful to be a part of it. And as far as the future goes, we'll see. You know, I hadn't made any decisions yet and get with my family and, um, you know, talk with them. Obviously, I've retired once, so I know how to do that. Um, <laughs> so uh, so we'll, we'll just see. You know, I don't know yet. Do you have any moment during the game or in the shower right now that you just played your first playoff snaps in 17 years? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'll probably reflect on that later. Um, and again, you know, probably with a sour taste, uh, but, but thankful. Um, yeah, thankful, uh, just, you know, um, wife and my family moved around a lot and been, been a lot, been there for me. And so, um, and mom and dad and, and, uh, so to go out there and get to play in a playoff game was special and, uh. And I can't thank them enough for their support. And uh, it was it was just a, it's a heck of a ride. I left it all out there. I know that much. Um, this uh, it's different playing at forty. Um, so your body talks to you a lot. And uh, and um, you know, uh, I think um, I think more than anything, it was. That was, I think I'll reflect on that later, but it was fun to be out there for sure. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.